Christian faith and fiction, inspirational reading suggestions, along with chats about the Christian faith. The following episode is an audio version of a video that I recorded for my YouTube channel, Christian Faith and Fiction. If you would like to watch the video rather than listen to the audio, you can do so by clicking the link in the show notes. Please do share your thoughts by commenting either on the video or on the relevant blog post. Links in the show notes. Hello, welcome to my channel, Christian Faith and Fiction. My name's Lou, and today I just want to share with you some Christian fiction books that I've been reading recently and one book of the Bible. I've had several weeks of really sort of up and down reading my ratings high, low, well, high, medium and DNF. So there's quite a mixture in there, different uh, genres as well. So for you to look at, I've been recording my book reviews as I've been going along. So we'll see how we get on with that one in a moment. But first of all, I'll just go through the DNFs that I did. Um, these are the books I did not finish and I'll explain why. Um, the first one is Memory Lane by Becky Wade. This is a contemporary uh, romance book and um, from the start the, one of the main characters is uh, practicing yoga and so I've kind of got, gone to the place now where I've got like a two strikes and you're out sort of thing so I kept on reading after that one but then they were suggesting that one of the other main characters gets in, goes and does a session of hypnosis and so I was just like, no, I don't want to read this anymore. It's not going to be something that I enjoy if it's do if uh, characters are like participating stuff that I wouldn't participate in as a Christian. We had a good discussion on Goodreads. Um, some people said they thought that character probably wasn't meant to be a Christian, um, but it was listed as Christian fiction, and it wasn't clear to me that that character wasn't a, a Christian at the beginning. So anyway, I DNF'd that one, and then for a similar reason, I also DNF'd The Sweet Life by Suzanne Woods Fisher. This is another Christian contemporary romance where the main character uh, is practicing yoga. In this case, she is actually described as being a strong Christian with a strong Christian faith, but also practices yoga, and no comment was made on that, and I just felt like... If I was a new Christian coming into reading this, I would read that and think, oh, it's okay for you know, Christians to be participating in Hindu yoga as well, and all the sort of mind stuff that goes with that, and all the chants, and maybe, you know, Buddhist meditation and everything, and just mix up my faith with other things. Um, so I, I wasn't comfortable with that, so I stopped reading that one. And then um, also Oath of the Brotherhood by Carla Loriano. This is a Christian this is, I think it's Christian fantasy. It's a fantasy book. And when I sort of got into it, the uh, magic system is based around um, magic, magical charms. And for me, magic charms in the real life, well, in the real world, they are used by uh, witches and witchcraft in that. So I can't separate, when I'm reading about fantasy, I can't separate that from the real world. It just makes me uncomfortable, so I didn't read that one either. So let's have a look at the other books that I have read. Um, mixture of five and four star books, so that was good. Hi, I finished reading Just Look Up by Courtney Walsh. This is a, con a Christian contemporary romance book, and this is the first Courtney Walsh book that I have read. 
Um, I believe that some of her books that she writes are clean fiction and some are Christian fiction and when I tried to look it up uh, on Amazon it looked like the ones that are published by Tyndale are all Christian fiction and maybe the other ones not. Um, not I'm not totally sure on that one uh, but it looked like that might be the case. This one is a Christian fiction one. Uh, it is following Lane who is working in a like interior design firm in Chicago and she is trying to push for a promotion. She's at the beginning of the book about to do a presentation to try and win over a very important client and as she's going into the presentation um, you know she's going to try and win the client she's also going to try and get a promotion out of the back of it so it's really important to her and the firm and then just as she's about to do the presentation she gets a phone call to tell her that her, um, her brother has had a motorcycle accident and is in a coma in hospital and she needs to come right now or no, she, he, he might not make it um, she needs to go straight away and so she has to make the decision of whether to continue with her presentation or go back home and it, she doesn't get on with a lot of her family she hasn't been home for like two years she doesn't want to go back there she has bad memories of it doesn't want to reconnect um, at all but her brother who's in a coma is the one that she's closest to and um, basically she gets the presentation moved to another time and decides to go back home to Harbour Point which is like I suppose a small town on the lake when she gets there she's having to deal with um, her family she hasn't seen for ages there's also there's obviously a lot of tension that's gone on in the past you don't know at the beginning of the book what's gone on in the past what's caused all these family relationships to break down why is she so work driven and sort of isolating herself and kind of snarky and bitter and you don't know any of that at the start then the other main character is Ryan who was um, Lane's brother Nate's friend who he was also in the motorbike accident and he wakes up in hospital and finds that Nate was Nate is unconscious and he's sort of left he's injured but he's not that badly off by it and he and Lane are sort of reconnecting their friendship as she is stuck there in Harbour Point and where she doesn't really want to be. So the book is following their sort of friendship as it develops and a lot there's a lot of um, family dynamics and finding out about the past and character study really of what made them what turned them into the characters that they are right now in the present. So it's told from both of their perspectives and uh, we get the present day story that's taking place but we also get flashbacks to the past as well. There's, um, it's not, if you think of uh, contemporary romance scale, it's not on the cute fluffy romance side, it's not really sort of heavy depressing side, somewhere in the middle there is like a heaviness and a depth of feeling like negative feelings and things that they're dealing with, there is some drama in there as well and conflict, there's quite a lot of conflict, interpersonal conflict and soul searching and stuff going on so it's kind of in the middle of that um, is that middle space between those two types of uh, contemporary romance. There is some faith content in there as well, there's a you know, sprinkling of it here and there throughout the book 
and the characters are kind of reflecting on their faith as well at times. I really liked Courtney Walsh's writing. I would definitely read something more by her again. I liked the style of the contemporary romance. Uh, I liked that there was a bit of meat to it, a bit of drama to it, a bit of conflict to it. Um, so yeah, I enjoyed that. I found the character of Lane to be a bit unlikable and I think uh, Courtney does quite a good job of making you sympathetic towards her and feel for her and understand why she is like she is. But I did get frustrated with her at times. I thought she could have changed a bit quicker. I thought, yeah, just I got a bit frustrated with her. So I'd be interested to read another book by Courtney Walsh with a different main character as well. But as I said, I really enjoyed it. I flew through it. Um, it was a really quick read and really kind of compulsive reading um, story. So I, I enjoyed it. Um, but I would give it like um, between a four and a four and a half stars. So I'll give it 8.5 out of 10 for story enjoyment rating. I'll give it four stars on Goodreads and um, two out of three for Christian faith content. So I finished reading The Orphan's Wish by Melanie Dickson. This is book eight, I think, in the Ar Hagenheim series. Um, this is sort of inspired by the story of Aladdin. It's Christian medieval young adult romance. And uh, it, yeah, it's following the character called Aladdin, who uh, is a little boy who loses his mum and then while he's sort of on the streets, a guy picks him up, a bit like the Fagin kind of character, wants him to steal for him, and he's going to go and steal for someone, and they catch him. The guy turns out to be a priest from Hagenheim who decides to rescue Aladdin, take him away from getting involved, involved in a life of crime, and take him to Hagenheim. He grows up there in the orphanage there and uh, the Duke's family um, warm to him and one of the Duke's daughters, Kirsten, is becomes, becomes his particular sort of best friend and they sort of grow up together. Aladdin always wants to protect her but at the same time he also wants to make his fortune and prove himself. He never feels like he's quite worthy of um, her or other people so um, he is making decisions of whether to stay around with her or to go off and make his fortune and yeah that's how the story continues. Uh, I would say it's inspired by Aladdin rather than a retelling for me because the like the characters are very similar a lot of them have very similar names to like the Disney films and the sort of motivations fit in with those characters but I felt like the storyline the plot line kind of goes off on its own sort of story and maybe very loosely follows Aladdin but I found it quite hard to fit the two together so I'm thinking of it more of its own as its own sort of story. I really enjoyed the characters in this book and that's really what carried me through. I enjoyed big chunks of the story um, but I did find it a bit disjointed compared to other ones in this series and the ending I found a bit haphazard and a bit messy. Yeah, as I say, I enjoyed parts of the stories. It felt a bit like, you know, when you get like a house and there's like an original house, but then there's like extensions built onto the house that don't quite fit with the original house. Almost felt like there's a chunk of the story which I was really into. And at one point I thought, oh, this is going to be like a nine out of 10 story. But then it got quite 
messy and disjointed like just bits of stories and I enjoyed all the bits of stories really but they it didn't flow quite so well so in the end I give it a story enjoyment rating of 7 out of 10 and there is Christian content in there that's throughout the book and so that was good um, so I give that one 3 out of 3 for Christian faith content not my favourite of the series but I still enjoyed reading it I reread The Wonderland Trials by Sarah Ella or Sarah Ella and uh, loved it again the second time round. I have done a review for this one last year when I read it the first time but briefly this is a Christian fantasy slash dystopian uh, it's a con more contemporary fantasy novel and it's all the magic system and all the worlders and everything is inspired by based around the Alice in Wonderland and Alice Through the Looking Glass by Lewis Carroll and it, yeah, it has a lot of characters which reference that the sort of magic system is based around things from that um, that book. So, although there is at one point, there's one mention of the word potion, um, which could be related to witches in other contexts. In this context, it's more to do with like cups of tea. So, uh, it's, yeah, it's really eccentric, really mind-bending uh don't get your head around it and imagine everything because there's a lot going on um but i still loved it the second time around um i remembered the like the most of the big twists in it but there's a whole load of the details and some of the twists i just couldn't i didn't remember at all i was like oh i don't remember anything this um so i'm glad that i reread it hopefully i'll remember it again um before the sequel comes out and i really want to read the sequel now uh, but that one I don't think I'll be able to get hold of until October so hopefully I'll still remember it in a few months time but yeah I'd still give it um, well for the second time round I'll give it 9 out of 10 I gave it 9.5 out of 10 for the first reading obviously it's not quite the same when you're reading it the second time round and I reckon I saw more of the sort of Christian allegory in this this time round reading it through which was fun and there definitely is like allegorical uh, things going on in that book. It, she even sort of dedicates it at the beginning. Uh, for the Father who gave me life, you are the true. You are the King of Hearts. Thank you for saving mine. Is how she sort of dedicates it at the beginning. So that will give you a clue as to how things fit in in this book. I really hope if the second one lives up to this first book, it will be definitely up there as one of my favourite um, Christian fantasy speculative type of books. Hey, so I've just finished reading or listening to The Prince of Spies by Elizabeth Camden. This is the third book in her Hope and Glory series, so I've finished the series now. It is a sequential series. So you will need to read from book one to book three in order. They each have a um, an individual story with the main characters that concludes in each book, but there is an, another sort of overarching story which concludes, um, carries on through all the books and kind of finishes up in the third book. So I'm gonna be careful about what I say, try not to spoil anything from the series. But this book is following um, two characters who are from opposite families in this kind of family feud that's going on. And it's, it's his, I should say, it's a historical uh, Christian fiction book 
set in Washington DC in like the 1900s, so 19, 1904, something like that. Um, so it's that kind of era and it's following two families who are on opposite sides to they have business, um, which have they both have businesses and they are kind of competitors and there's an ongoing feud that's been going on for a while. One of the characters is from one side of that feud and the other is from the other so there's like a Romeo and Juliet type of romance going on in there. There's also um, conflict within the families, there's, there's a specific kind of head-to-head -head conflict that ends up going on and to do with their companies as well, stuff coming out. So this was my favourite book in this series. Uh, I loved it all the way through. Um, the first two books I gave four stars to. This one I gave five stars. Uh, I was looking for something, you know, trying to think, was there anything I didn't like about it? But actually there wasn't. I enjoyed it all the way through this time. And I enjoyed the characters as well. Both quite kind of interesting characters with different flaws as well as good points to them. They kind of meet as they, uh, one of the characters is trying to rescue a dog on the ice that's fallen into the into the river and the other one comes and helps and helps save them and then it's only, you know, a bit later when they start to connect a bit that they realise they're from opposing families and it's not going to be very good. There is um, personal development that goes on throughout the book. There is also faith that develops um with the kind of personal development as well so I've given it 10 out of 10 for story enjoyment rating and 2 out of 3 for Christian faith rating uh this definitely evident that the characters are Christians throughout the book um but it's not like the main plot of the book it's not the main point of the story so yeah I was really glad that I finished off this series I would definitely read another series by Elizabeth Camden in the future. I think they seem to be, they sort of settle around different cities. So this one was Washington DC. I think there might be one in New York, maybe Chicago, not sure. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to take a look at when her next book comes out. I think it's the first book in the series. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed this one and I listened to it on audiobook as well, which was good. Hey, I finished reading The Story Peddler by Lindsay A. Franklin. This is a Christian fantasy book, the first book in the Weaver trilogy. And I really enjoyed this one. Um, I was so glad to find a Christian fantasy that I enjoyed and that I felt comfortable reading. It is like a medieval uh, type of era fantasy. Uh, the magic in it is what I would call gifted magic or superhero magic, which is the type of magic where someone's sort of born with a gift, a supernatural gift, and they have to learn how to uh, train to use it. Um, not something that everybody just can learn by doing certain things, but something that um, particularly individual people are, are gifted at. And usually that's a bit more of a safe bet for me with Christian fantasy. Um, so this book is following Tanwin, who is a story peddler and she has a gift of when she tells stories, coloured ribbons and lights and things like that come out of her 
hands and her body and go up into the air and sort of entertain people and tell the story with her and then they at the end of the story if he tells it correctly they come together and they crystallize into a sculpture and then she then sells those sculptures to the people who have been watching so she is um she has got this um she's like an apprentice to this other peddler who is not so nice um but is keeping her um in business and uh, they're travelling around and then one day she tells a story and something goes wrong and something happens and it basically put her, puts her in danger um, because the land is, you know, there are only certain, the king has decided there are only certain stories that can be told, anything outside of that is banned and you will get into a lot of trouble for it. So um, that's kind of how the story starts, there are a lot of different characters involved we get to see a lot more of what's going on in the world, the mysteries surrounding what's happening in the kingdom, the mysteries surrounding individual characters and their past and how they've ended up where they are. And there's romance and complicated romance between different people. Um, and yes, there's a lot going on. It's quite a lot of layered stuff going on in that kingdom. There are different like tribes and there's some kind of racial tension between different peoples. There's like tensions in the in the world. There's also interpersonal tensions between people who are enemies and also people who are on the same sides. And yeah, there was a lot going on in it. I felt like it was like really rich in terms of all of the world and the characters. Um, and the magic for me felt uh, I was comfortable with it and didn't go into anything that I felt um, was too much towards the occult which was really good. I felt like the book was very immersive. Uh, I definitely could see all the colour strands going around whenever I was reading that those kind of parts I really could see visualise it the whole story really clearly and see everything and um, the main parts of the story are written in first person by Tanwin following the character Tanwin and I could really hear her her voice in my head. For some reason she always like spoke in an Irish accent to me as she was like speaking so that's what the voice I was hearing in my head reading the story to me so I don't know whether that was the, the inspiration for that I don't know if that's anything you know Lindsay Franklin thought about that at all but that's the that's what my subconscious like interpreted it as uh, but I it felt really sort of um yeah very immersive and and real to me so that was good there is some violence in here. As I said, there's also racial prejudices as well. I'm really interested to see how this story is going to progress in the second two books. And the way that it ended left me with some questions that would definitely need to be answered in the rest of the series. So I'm going to give this one 9 out of 10 for story enjoyment rating and 3 out of 3 for Christian faith rating. It is an allegory. It's like there's definitely um, good versus evil in there. There's also like a conflict between people who believe in one creator God and those who believe in multiple goddesses. And that does play quite a strong part in the story and that kind of allegorical uh, conflict of beliefs um, I, I felt was quite strong throughout that story and did have a big impact on it. 
So I finished reading Can't Help Falling by Kara Isaac. This is a Christian contemporary romance. It is set in Oxford in England and it's following Amelia who is wanting to start her life over. Um, she's American, she moves to the UK to Oxford to try to do something to make up for some of the mistakes she's made in her life. She's trying to, she tries to get a job working for a charity, raising money for the charity to try and bring it back to life again. Um, it's all connected to things that have happened and uh, I don't want to say too much about that but then, then she meets Peter who was a high high elite uh, rower uh, but he's injured, injured his shoulder so he's not able to do that at the moment but he's working, still working with rowers at Oxford for the boat race. If you're not familiar with the boat race, the annual Oxford Cambridge boat race is very famous in the UK and I am obviously a supporter of Oxford. I have connections with Oxford. So um, yeah, so they meet up, they're both holding secrets from each other and yeah, one of them is a Christian, the other one is not. And so the one who's a Christian is just constantly having to um, hold back and try not to give in to their emotions. The other one doesn't believe in God and there is a sort of faith journey that they take mostly through the second half of the book. Um, so that was a strong uh, part of the book. I also really loved that they both loved Narnia and that kept popping up all the way through like quotes from the Nar Chronicles of Narnia and different things kind of tied in with the story with that one. I also loved the Oxford references and the boat race references as well. So I enjoyed the story. The um, Because they were holding on to secrets that the reader knows about but the characters don't know about uh, made me slightly anxious all the way through the book most of the way because just kept thinking like, I can't see how this is going to end well and it made me slightly nervous and anxious reading the book so I wasn't fully able to relax and enjoy it in the same way um, but I really did enjoy the ending and I felt like it was mostly believable um, so yeah I did enjoy that one. I would give it um, 7 out of 10 for story enjoyment rating and as I said it does have a strong faith element which does make um, a big difference to the story. It does play a major role in it so I would give a Christian faith rating of 3 out of 3. Two of the side characters in this book are from the her previous book that she published was Close to You and so um, you don't need to have read this one in order to read this one but if you are planning to read both I would say read them in publication order. So um, read Close to You first which is about a couple that sort of bond over Tolkien in uh, New Zealand and then read um, Can't Help Falling after that. And finally uh, our book club sort of informal book club on uh, YouTube it has been reading through the book of Romans this last month um, for our book and I chose to uh, get out my journaling bible this is one there it is it is the NIV journal the word bible by Zondervan and it is kind of decorated on the sides and things but it's just a regular journaling bible. I use it for 
praying through the Bible. Uh, so I've been sort of highlighting verses as I go and then writing prayers inspired by that. And uh, yeah, I've just been um, enjoying getting into it again, enjoying just having a lighter way of going through it. So praying through it was a bit lighter than doing like an in-depth Bible study on it. But just reminded again about the love of God and especially Romans chapter 8. I did um, dwell on that for a while and being reminded that we are uh, not, if we are Christians, we are no longer under condemnation. We are children of God. That's our identity. We have the Holy Spirit who raised Christ from the dead living inside of us and we um, we are adopted into God's family and nothing can take away the love of God from us and so good to be reminded of that again I, I can't like rate the bible <laughs> that would be you know crazy but some books obviously it's easier to get things from than others this one is just full of stuff that I love and as well as some other kind of stuff that's it, it's more it doesn't kind of jump out the page quite so easily to you the kind the debates between that Paul is kind of addressing between the Jew, Jewish and the Gentile elements of the Roman church and it's interesting to look at the history of that and how that came about with um, I think it was Emperor Nero banned one of the emperors banned all the Jews from Rome and so what was a uh, Jewish church became a completely Gentile church and then when the um, Jews were allowed to come back in there was sort of tensions in the church between the Jews and the Gentiles and Paul kind of goes through those kind of things but in the midst of all that goes through the basics of the gospel and how all of us have fallen short whether we are come from a religious background or whether we have come from a completely atheistic background we've all fallen short of God's perfect mark and we all need a saviour and we all need Jesus and his death and resurrection to save us and it's just pre putting our trust in him that we are saved and then that changes everything for us and yeah it's really good to be reminded of those things and to pray through those things again. So those are all the books that I've read recently. I hope my reviews and my sort of thoughts are helpful for you to know whether there's something you would want to pick up in the future and uh, let me know in the comments your favourite book that you've read recently and if uh, any of the books that I've read, you've read, also chat down in the comments. No spoilers for the case of, you know, just in case other people are reading the comments, but let me know what your thoughts are and what you rated them down there. Okay, I hope you're having a really great reading week and until next time, pray God bless you and your family. Thank you for listening to the Christian Faith and Fiction podcast. If you would like more information, you can click the link in the description. Don't forget to subscribe on your podcast app to make sure you catch the next episode.